Wheaties presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. On stage tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, The White Elephant. It is January 16th, 1950. The time, 6.28 p.m. A freight train just outside of a West Texas town gains speed and rolls through the gathering dusk. Inside a gondola car, a hobo crouches in a corner as the brakeman comes toward him. All right, Bo, this is where you get up. Now, listen, pal, just let me get to the next town. I just, just... I said this is where you get up. <laughs> but we're moving. Yeah, I... you get on where we was moving, you can get off. Now, come on or I'll dust the top of your head. Now, listen, don't, don't, don't do it. I tell get you, don't... on your me... feet like this. No, let, let go. No, you let have to get up, huh? Oh, you... Just... Oh. I told you to leave me alone. Oh. Slug me, will you? Oh, you ain't get me. I'm coming. Tales of the Texas Rangers will continue in just a moment. You take a nice, ripe, plump kernel of wheat, and you roll it out flat, and you toast it a little. And what have you got? A wheaty. Do that over and over and over again. Do that enough times. And pretty soon you have a whole bowl full of wheaties, and you can sit down to breakfast. Now, of course, you and I know not many people go to all that work to get their breakfast wheaties. They just tip up that big Wheaties box and let those crisp little flakes tumble into the bowl. And you know what? When you do that, you get the very same 100% whole wheat goodness and energy that you'd get if you rolled out your own Wheaties flakes kernel by kernel. And the best tip I can give you is to tip the Wheaties into your own bowl first thing in the morning and see how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. At 2.55 a.m. of the morning following the freight train incident, a rancher named Banker noticed a small coupe parked on the shoulder of the road. It bore Oklahoma license plates. Banker turned his spotlight on the car, saw a man slumped down on the driver's seat. A half hour later, Sheriff Caldwell, notified by Banker, began investigation of the murder and called in the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. And a few hours later, Pearson, Banker, and Sheriff Caldwell stood at the scene. Pearson listened to Banker. 
It was just about three this morning when I saw it, Ranger. How come you were driving along this road that late? I've been to a rancher's meeting in Almira's. I was going to spend the night there and change my mind. Uh-huh. Did you take this road when you left for Almira's? Yes, sir. What time? Uh, yesterday morning, about uh, 7, 7.30. And then this car came here sometime between 7.30 yesterday morning and 3 this morning. I guess so. You never saw the dead man before, huh? It was the first time I laid eyes on him. All right, Mr. Banker, you can go. Hey, you need me, I'll be home. No identification on the body at all, huh, Sheriff? Nothing in the pockets, picked clean as a whistle. Anybody else been around the car? Nope, deputy kept his eyes on it. Car is facing west, going west when it was stopped. Tire tracks on the shoulder tell that. Mm-hmm. Blood on the seat. Yep, 38 bullet on it. 38? Might be a police special. Banker got one? Banker, but... Yeah, but... Just ask him, for now. You see, I... You see something? Look here, Sheriff. Huh? Set of tracks leading up to the car. Ordinary shoes, not boots. Heel marks are too broad for boots. Yeah, looks like it. Look at this one. Sole print with a hole in it. Now look. The prints lead from that way, north, up to the car. A little scuffle. And the prints turn back north. Mm -hmm. In other words, Sheriff, somebody walked up to the car, stood there, then turned and went back north. Oh, and here's something else. Grease. Looks like grease. Smeared on the car door. Same side footprints are on. Grease might be from the car. Looks too stiff and heavy for that. What about it coming from a freight train, Jace? Why? Well, there's tracks about a mile north of here. Freights use the side and the pull-on when passengers got to pass. Hmm. Maybe it all ties in, Sheriff. A shoe with a hole in it, grease, freight siding. Yeah, might be worth going after. Where do we start? Here at the car first. I'm going to check it over inch by inch. Meantime, you get hold of a freight schedule. I'll meet you at your office. When I checked the car inside and out, I found a few things that were interesting and a little puzzling. I sent a sample of grease to the laboratory for analysis and took plaster casts of the footprints. Then went on to Sheriff Caldwell's office. He had the information I'd requested. Here it is, Jace. Schedule of freights went through yesterday. How many? Three of them. We can check those, all right. Of course, we might be sending the dogs up the wrong tree. Looks like a hobo to me. Yeah. Let me see the dead man's fingerprints. Sure, here you are. These match with some of the prints in the car, see? Closed Delta. Yeah. Uh, How about those others you got? Picked these up on the door that had the grease on it. Smeared all over. A couple clear enough to use, only... Only what, Jace? You know, there wasn't a single print on the steering wheel. Seems like the dead man's prints ought to be on it. Gloves? I didn't find any gloves on him, nor in the car. Yeah. You know, by the way, I got a call out if any hobo picked up or seen on those trains. Good. Now, I found these tucked under the sun visor in front of the driver's seat. Gasoline receipts made out to Carl Thompson. Oh, that'll save a lot of checking. We'll forward the dead man's prints anyway. That steering wheel bothers me. Excuse me, Jace. Sheriff Caldwell. Oh, yeah. Good. Hold him. We'll be there as soon as we can make it. Something else, Jace. Brakeman in one of those freights we've been checking has a story. Some hobo slugged him and jumped. Okay. Let's go. The 
brakeman took us to the approximate spot the hobo jumped off the freight. Sheriff Caldwell and I picked up the trail and followed it by horse. We hoped to apprehend the suspect before he could reach a town and lose himself and us. After six hours, we stopped. What's the matter, Jace? Tracks are different. Come here and take a look. Different? Yeah, look. The right print's a little deeper, favoring his left a little. Hurt himself, huh? Must have twisted his leg when he took the jump off the freight. Kept getting worse. Sat down here, smoked a cigarette. Here's the butt. He ain't going to make such a good time with a bum leg. We've been traveling at a steady trot. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's get going. Suspect's trail showed increased favoring of his left leg. His progress became slower. More and more often he stopped to rest and the trail became fresher and fresher. Evidence in a deserted shack showed suspect had rested there for quite a while. We picked up the trail again. We're getting close, Sheriff. How do you know? Noticed something just now. Take a look at these prints. Same as the ones we've been following. Not quite. Hole in the right shoe. It's not that. I'm talking about this anthill he crushed. Well, what about it? Quite a few of the prints had anthills in them. Crushed and rebuilt. So? Ants start working on a new hill when the old one's been tramped down. This one's so fresh, they haven't had time to rebuild. Hey, that's right. He can't be far off. Yes, we better leave the horses tied up here, Sheriff, and start moving on foot. questioning him, but he stuck to his story. I never was there. I didn't do it. Ever own a gun? 38 police special? I told you a hundred times. I never owned no kind of gun. How'd you take all that skin off your arm? I don't know. Fell, maybe. You got that while you were running away. When you jumped off the freight. After you slugged the brakeman. No, no. Grease on your jacket. How'd it get there? Yeah, maybe. Maybe off in the freight. Sure. That car we showed you. The one you said you'd never seen before. That's the truth. Is it? Hold up your right foot. Right. Hold it up. <laughs> Hole in the right shoe. What of it? Here's a plaster cast. Cast at the print of the scene of the murder. Take a good look. But I wasn't there, I tell you. Ever hear of fingerprints? Oh, sure. Here are yours. And here's a set found at the crime. They match. You still say you weren't there? I didn't kill nobody. Let me see your hands. When did you wash them last? I don't know. Maybe a couple days ago. You know, we can tell if you fired a gun. I never had no gun. Did you rob the man in the car? No, no. Look at me. You were there, weren't you? We can prove it. Well, all right. All right, I was there. But I didn't kill him. Why'd you lie? Well, I was scared. If you're innocent, you don't have to be scared. Look, Ranger, I, I got a couple of wraps, bag wraps. That all? Hey, sure, sure. We can check that, too. All right, all right. I got a couple of wraps for pinching stuff. Nothing big. Now, look. Tell me exactly what you did. Well, well, I, I come in off afraid. I was walking across when I seen the car. I figured it was funny, something funny. Why? Well, car parked like that. Then I walked over, seen the fella in there. He was dead. I beat it, hopped the freight. 
that all? You know what else up to now. Did you get in the car at uh, No, all? sir, no, sir. Did you touch the body or take anything from uh, it? I swear, Ranger, I didn't. Did you touch the steering wheel and then wipe it off? Wipe it? No, no, what for? Look, I tell you, I... Jace? Yeah, Sheriff? Come here, will you? Sure. You stay put. I got no place to go. Here's all the dope in the murdered man, Thompson. Come in just now. Carl Thompson, resident Tulsa, Oklahoma, traveling salesman for Prince Extract Company. This check? Double. Tallies with the gasoline receipts. Mm -hmm. What about him? The hobo? Yeah. I think the only crime he committed was failure to report what he saw. His fingerprints were all over the outside of the one door of that car, none inside. Seems to me if he thought of cleaning up the inside, he'd have done the same outside. Yeah, looks like it. We'll give him the paraffin test anyway and see if he's fired a gun lately. And if he didn't? Start all over. And start with that clean steering wheel. In just a moment, we continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. I guess nobody gets much of a taste treat out of taking their calcium and iron and phosphorus or their vitamins straight. But you simply have to have all those things to keep feeling good. And you should have them first thing in the morning, too. Because morning's the time you do most of your big day's work. That's when you really need the energy. You see... Morning is the time when you really uh, should... Wait a minute, Frank. Uh, why don't you just tell them this? See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. Why, you took the words right out of my mouth, of course. Wheaties at 7. Because Wheaties have all those vitamins and minerals. That's how Wheaties give you the zip it takes to feel eager and ready for anything all morning long. Whether you drive a truck or plow a field or if you're just plain busy with a multitude of household duties. And Wheaties do you another big favor. Wheaties wrap all those vitamins up in a wonderful, sunny, toasty, nut-like flavor that fairly hollers, give me some more. Wheaties are crisp. They're munchy. You know, fun to chew on. Tastes as good going down as they make you feel when they get there. So do this, will you? Not for me, but for yourself. Hurry on down to the Wheaties tomorrow morning and just see for yourself how Wheaties at 7... Can help at 11. The result of the paraffin test was negative, but we held the hobo pending further investigation. I reported back to my captain, Stinson, at company headquarters. I told him I was pretty sure that the hobo story checked out. Yeah, it looks like it. But somebody killed Thompson. Killed him and then drove him in his own car to where that rancher spotted it. There wasn't anything on Thompson, huh? No money, no papers, only these. Gasoline charge account receipts. Somebody went to an awful lot of trouble to clean him, but they overlooked these. Mm-hmm. On top, this looks like a plain case of murder with robbery as the motive, but if that was it, why go to all the risk of being spotted in a car with Oklahoma plates? Why not just kill him and leave him? I don't know, Jace. What you're thinking? Well... Thompson was a traveling salesman, traveled a lot in a few days. Now, suppose the killer realized that with Thompson far enough away from the scene of the crime, we'd have a pretty tough time finding out just where the murder was committed. Yeah, that could be. But why? Well, 
Maybe the killer couldn't leave the spot. So he did the next best thing. Took Thompson's body away. And maybe it wasn't just robbery. Well, what else? I don't know yet, but... I got some more checking to do. It'll take maybe a couple of hours, and then I might have some answers. On the nose, Jace. You get anything new? Some more dope on Thompson, Captain. He never carried much money, never was known to have picked up a hitchhiker, and I got a pretty good idea of where he was killed. These gasoline receipts tell a fair story. Yeah? How? Well, this one, for example, dated the 15th day before he was killed, made out in Bannon. He got 16 gallons of gas there. Well, did you ever think somebody else might have been using his credit card? Yeah, but Thompson traveled that route pretty often. Chances are he was well-known at the service stations. Yeah, that's right. Okay, go on. I ran a mileage test on his car. He got about 17 miles a gallon. Now, his tank holds 16. I did a little figuring. Just about enough gas was used to get him from Bannon to where his body was found. But he could have been killed anywhere between Bannon and where he was found dead. Sure, I know that. But it still looks like my next stop is Bannon. Howdy. Uh, how many? Whatever she'll take. Ah, uh, sure thing. You the owner here? Ah, uh, yes, sir. How long? Oh, a couple of years. You work alone? Well, nights, yeah. Take a look at this, will you? Oh, one of my receipts. Credit card stuff. You know this Carl Thompson? Yeah, see him ever, oh, four or five months. When did you see Thompson last? Well, the evening he bought that gas. Why, anything wrong, Ranger? Was Thompson alone that evening? Why, yeah. I never remember him ever having anybody alone. What else do you remember about that evening? Oh, one of the worst sleet storms we ever had. Hit like oh, a... it'd be tough for him to drive then, huh? Oh, sure. Hey, um, he was asking about some place to stay. He never stayed in Bannon before? I don't know. Leastways, he didn't know much about the places. I told him to try the hotel. He said it was full up. He said the motels were jam-packed. The lousy weather... You know where he went? Well, said he was going to try and find a place along the highway. Why, anything wrong? Plenty. Here's for the gas. I might come back and ask you some more questions. Thanks. I began a check of every possible place Thompson might have stayed that night. But I drew one blank after another. Then I got a lead at a motel on the outskirts of Bannon. Sure, Ranger, I remember that night. Sleet was an inch thick. We was full up here, but I sent him to a place down the highway, the Star Motel. Been closed and up for sale for quite a spell, but I heard it was opened up again. Star Motel. It was closed tight. Every cabin was locked, the windows boarded. There wasn't a soul around. I was just about to leave when I noticed something. The electricity must have been on somewhere in the place because the little wheel under the dials of the meter was spinning. 
It was enough to send me back into town to ask a few more questions. Now, uh, let me see, Ranger. Storm Hotels. Uh, yes, sir, here's what we want right here. Uh-huh. Are these all the electricity bills? Yes, sir. Let me see. Up to three months ago, the bills were just for meter installation, minimum service charge. That's right, Ranger. But for the last three months, four seventy-five, three eighty-nine, five sixty. Hmm. Kind of funny, isn't it? The place is closed, but for the last three months, the bills have averaged over four dollars a month. Didn't that seem peculiar to you? Well, Ranger, we, we just sure, sure, I know. Now, can you give me the name of the person to whom these bills were sent? Get it for you right away. Why, yes, Ranger, Mr. Carlson's here. I believe he's on the phone right now, but if you come in... Thank you, ma'am. You Mrs. Carlson? Yes. I hope I'm not bothering you any, Miss Carlson. Not at all, Ranger. My husband's here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I see. Well, I think that can be arranged. Yeah, sure. Tell you what, I'll come out a little later. I'll bring the client with me. Sure. Thanks for calling. Goodbye. Andy, this is Ranger Pearson. Oh, hello. Sorry to barge in like this, Mr. Carlson, but I got a few questions. Questions? Sure, what about? You own the Star Motel, don't you? Yes, I do. Star Motel? Oh, that white elephant. White elephant? <laughs> Yeah, I've been trying to get rid of it for two years. Why? Well, like Bessie said, it ain't been worth a hoot since the new highway went in two years ago. Only half the traffic that used to pass it. It hasn't been used for two years? Well, I guess I didn't mean exactly that. What did you mean? I tried to keep it going for a year after the highway went through, but couldn't rent enough rooms. It wasn't worth trying to save. You got the keys to it? Keys? Oh, sure. Is something wrong, Ranger? Might be, ma'am. Can you take me through the motel, Mr. Carlson? Anytime. Right now, suit you? Couldn't be better. Let's go. I ain't been out here for close on three or four weeks. Did you go through the cabins then? Oh, just take a look, see. Kids sometimes fool around. That's why I boarded up the windows. Want to take a look in the office? Yeah. Go ahead, Mr. Carlson. Sure. Nothing in here, Ranger? Nope, there's not. Anything in particular you're looking for? Yeah. You have this floor washed lately? Oh, heck no. Ain't no use paying for something like that. It's been washed recently. Huh? But why? How do you know? Scrubbing wood with hot water always raises the grain. And hot water isn't as good as cold to wash out blood stains. Blood? Blood? Reach! Oh, what's the matter? Get away from the guns, Ranger. Oh, the Sit down. Go on. Come on. What the devil is this? Who are you fellas? My guess is a couple of men I want for murder, Mr. Carlson. Murder? Just get the telephone wire. Everything okay? Yeah, push that guy. Me? Why, I never carry a gun. Well, we just make sure. Yeah, he's clean. All right, now strip the ranger's gun belt. Wait a minute. You got the drop on me. Maybe I'd have to be a fool to draw. But if you don't want me to be a fool, don't touch these guns. 
You try and take them off me, and I'll go down using them. And I might get lucky. All right, Locke. Let him alone. He's too smart to start anything. Go get the panel truck out and start loading our stuff fast. Well, what about them? We can lock them in. Fix their car so they can't get out of here for a while after we leave. If they try to come out while we're still here, we'll blast whatever door or window they try to come through. Get that, Ranger? I get it. Okay. I'll be outside, Chuck. So your name's Chuck, huh? Good as any. What are you and that other fellow doing in my place? Go ahead, Chuck. Tell him. Some other time, friend. Now you two listen. Because I ain't going to say this twice. Try to bust out before you hear us drive off and you'll get it good. Now stay put. They got us locked in. Yeah. Oh, don't go near that window. You heard what he said. Little crack in the boarding. I'm just taking a look. What are they doing? Come here and take a look for yourself. Oh, I should have watched the place more. I, I never knew anyone who was using it. And used plenty. Look what they're taking out. Furs. All kinds of stuff. It's beginning to make sense. Closed down motel made a nice storage bin for stolen, unsmuggled goods till they could run it to the markets. Oh, they'll get away. You... You said there was a murder. Take it easy, Mr. Carlson. We'll get them. Oh, they'll be across the border in a half an hour before we could even reach a phone. Maybe you'd better take a chance and get shot down in cold blood. No. But we'll get them all right. Know why, Mr. Carlson? Why? <laughs> because you'll help. with a quick headlock and then got one arm up behind him and applied pressure so I could keep him still while I had a free hand. I reached into his jacket and found what I was looking for under his shoulder. Then I pushed him. Are you crazy? You almost broke my arm. Shut up, Calson. Don't you think I saw this gun bulging under your coat and they deliberately missed it when they frisked you? You played it real smart, almost. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. This gun and the electric bills. You paid them. Paid bills that were being run up in a place that was supposed to be shut down. Seemed kind of funny you never complained to the power company. So what? Well, you so you got a phone call from your friends out there. They tipped you because they saw me nosing around here earlier, right? No. Okay. Okay, take a look out there. They're almost finished. In a couple of minutes, they'll be gone. In half an hour, they'll be over the border. How about you? You want to stick back here and face a murder charge? There's nothing you can prove. There's plenty we can prove, Calson. And you're holding the bag. You'll have a tough time explaining those electric bills and them missing your gun. I didn't kill that man. Did this Chuck do it? Yeah, yeah, that salesman come in. He saw what was going on. Chuck killed him, then drove him away. All right. Now listen real careful to me. I'm going to fire this gun of yours. Then you hammer on the door and holler for him. Get it? What do you want to Just do then? Just listen. When they come up, tell them you had to kill me. Tell them to open the door. Then Mr. Kelson step back and out of the way fast. They'll be gone in a minute. Make up your mind. All right. Go ahead. I'll do it. Any funny tricks and you get it first. Now. Ready? Turn that door and holler. Chuck! Lock! Give me a fast! Open the door! Now, when it's open, step back. What's the matter? Carlson! Open the door! I had to kill him! He was making a break for it! Shouldn't you just knock him out? Reach! Both of them! Hey, what's the big idea? Why, you... back for him later, Calson. Meantime, let you and me get back to town. I got you a deal for this white elephant motel. You can trade it for a jail cell. 
And now, here is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin. All right, sound effects man, ring the alarm clock. Yeah, I used to groan too when I heard that sound. But one morning I said to myself, Now look, Martin, you gotta get up. Why fight it? Think about something pleasant. And right away I thought, Wheaties. That's about the pleasantest thinking a man can do. Why, when you figure you can sit down to a bowl of good, crisp Wheaties and then feel like tackling the world, when you know a bowl of Wheaties and milk and fruit can help you work good because you feel good, why, it almost makes you want to shake hands with your alarm clock. And when you hear it come morning, roll out happy, reach for the big orange and blue box, and see how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae will soon be seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Saddle Trim. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Paul McVeigh, Lou Krugman, Jeff Corey, Robert Bruce, Byron Kane, and Jeanette Nolan. This story was transcribed and adapted by Russell Hughes. The program was produced and directed by Stacy Keith. And this is Hal Gibney speaking. And this is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin, inviting you to listen Monday night to Frank Lovejoy in Night Beat on the Wheaties Big Parade. See you then. Listen tomorrow for the Summer Symphony. Now it's Basin Street time on NBC. Wheaties presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. On stage tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. Now, from the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Apache Peak. Shortly after midnight on October 4 last... A late-model blue sedan came to a stop at a traffic light on the highway leading southwest out of Wichita Falls, Texas. While the driver waited for the light to change, a figure moved out from the shadows and tapped on the window of the sedan. Going toward Haskell, mister? 
I didn't hear you with the window up. Said you're going near Haskell. I don't know. Where is it? I'm headed for El Paso. That's my direction. How about a ride? All right. Hop in. Thanks. Mighty hard getting a ride. As you like. Uh-huh. How far is uh, Haskell? About 80 miles. But I'm going past there up near Apache Peak. Ain't far from El Paso. Oh, good. Keep me from falling asleep at the wheel. I gotta be in El Paso in the morning. Business appointment. You from the east? <laughs> New York. I guess the accent sticks out, huh? I reckon so. What kind of business you in? Salesman. Airplane parts. You get tired. I can drive a spell. Hey, that's a thought. As soon as I start to feel sleepy. Sure. Give you a chance to rest up. Good. It's almost 4 a.m. Be in Odessa in 20 minutes. You want to take over? Yeah. Guess I can stop any place on this highway. Haven't seen another car in an hour. Hey, I'll slide over. You get out and come around. No, you get out. Well, it's just as easy for you. Hey. Hey, what are you doing with that gun? I need money, mister, and you've got it. Oh, sure, sure. I'll give it to you. I won't report it or anything. I'll give... I know you won't, mister. Tales of the Texas Rangers will continue in just a moment. Tonight, as special guest, Wheaties champion, Robert Feller. Well, by golly, it's always fun to meet a Wheaties champion. Especially when he's as nice a guy as Bob Feller of the Cleveland Indians. Hello, Bob. Hi, Ed. Are you seeing many baseball games these days? Oh, you bet, Robert. You eating many Wheaties these days? <laughs> what a question. Well, I've been eating Wheaties for breakfast almost every morning for pretty close to 20 years. And still going strong, huh? Wheaties are mighty tough to get tired of. I guess Wheaties and milk and fruit will still be my favorite breakfast when I'm too old to climb out of the dugout. <laughs> well, that won't be happening for a lot of years yet. Thanks for stopping in, Bob Feller, a real Wheaties champ. You know, gentlemen of the audience, this man Feller has a wife and youngsters even as you and I. His paycheck depends in part on healthy energy, just as ours does. You have my point? We need them too. Wheaties, breakfast of champions. Get yours. And now, back to our story with Joel McRae as Ranger Pearson. The body was discovered at 8.15 on the morning of October 4, when a fence rider from a ranch bordering the highway found it in the brush at the side of the road. He reported the discovery to the nearest sheriff, and the sheriff relayed the report to the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. There's the body, Jace. Under that sheet. Where was he found, Sheriff? Oh, about 11 mile east. Must have been dumped out of a car. Hmm. Shot three times. One through the neck and two through the chest. 38 caliber? Yeah. Coroner got two of the slugs. Any identification on him? More than a thing, Jace. Whoever done it even stole the clothes off of him. Except in his shirt and shorts and necktie. And a pack of cigarettes from his shirt pocket. 
It's all there on the table. Hmm. Laundry mark on the shirt. That might help. Coroner say how long he's been dead? Oh, since four or five o'clock this morning. Hmm. These cigarettes, were they on him? Yeah. Why? They help any? Maybe a whole lot. Look at this. New York State tax stamp. Uh, can you make something out of that? Only the one pack of cigarettes wouldn't have lasted him from New York to Texas. Probably bought a carton or two to start out on a trip. So his home might be in New York. I reckon an awful lot of folks buy a carton of smokes in New York, Case. Yeah, but it's a place to start checking that laundry mark on the shirt. It'll be a help if we know who this man is. I'll send these things into the lab, and they can send a wire photo of the mark to New York. The coroner has some pictures of the body. We'll put them on the wire, too. You got a deputy to get the stuff to my headquarters? Sure thing. I'll call him. Good. And we can get out and check the scene. Had this little piece of road here blocked off so no cars could wipe out anything. Good. Yeah, body was found right in here. Yeah. Dragged in from the road. Back of the heel scraped along there. Clothing caught on the mesquite here. What you picking off there? Little fibers of cloth snagged on here. Lab men get through with these and may be able to tell us what kind of duds they came from. Let's take a look at the road. Fresh set of tire tracks here on the shoulder, James. Yeah, I noticed them. Impressions deeper here. That's where they stopped. Look at the marks around it. Body was dragged out of the driver's side. That makes a difference? Means the dead man must have been driving. So, there's a good chance it was his own car. I reckon that adds up. But how about the other fellow? Could be the same old story, Sheriff. A hitchhiker. <laughs> Man'd have to be a fool to take a hitchhiker through this country, at night. Yeah, a fool. The trouble with fools is most of them are nice people. And they don't rate being killed. I'm going to play a hunch. Make some work for the highway patrol. Captain Stimson's out on investigation. I may be able to reach him in his car. Unit 10 to Unit 3. Unit 10 to Unit 3. Unit 3 to Unit 10. Go ahead. Unit 10 requests all points bulletin alerting highway patrol and ranger units to stop and check all cars carrying New York State plates. The exhibits you sent over have arrived, Unit 10. You're not just going on that cigarette tax stamp, are you? No, Captain. Murder scene check indicates victim was driving car he was dumped from. Might have been his own. Worth trying, I guess. How soon can we expect report from New York police on laundry mark? That'll take time, Unit 10. We'll keep you informed. Lab reports on exhibits in a few hours. We'll keep Unit 3 informed if I move from this location. Unit 10, 10-4. After the 10-4 sign-off, I took the sheriff back to his office. And that's when the hardest part of all hunting began, the waiting. The only thing we knew for certain about the murder car was that it was heading west on the road to Pecos and El Paso. 
I headed the same way, stopping to ask questions at all the smaller towns, the cafes and service stations, wherever a man on the run might risk stopping. But all the answers were the same. New York car, you say? No, no, I don't think so. I only saw one out of state all day from Oklahoma. Well, thanks anyhow, ma'am. Sit down, have some coffee and pie, Ranger. Oh, no thanks, I gotta find a fellow. No, I'd sure remember it if a New York car stopped here for gas. Ain't seen one in a week. Well, thanks. Uh, Ranger. Yeah? The kid runs the pumps a little while I'm eating. Maybe he saw something. I'll call him out if you want to wait till I catch his fellow's windshield. I'll wait. Oh, well, gee, I, I just remembered. The kid didn't sell nothing today. Well, thanks anyhow. We've been working on the road all day, senor, but we don't know there's nobody. Yeah, I guess not. They detour past you 50 yards away. Only one who might see is Juan. He holds the red flag when a car is coming down there. But he don't even look up. He just hears the car and wave the flag. He's too busy looking in the movie magazine at Betty Gravel. Well, thanks. By nightfall, I was just outside of Pecos. I pulled into a grove near an auto court, a place I'd stopped before. Let my horse Charcoal get down from the trailer. Barely got him unloaded when another ranger car pulled in. Yeah, Kurtz. Howdy, boy. Howdy. What are you doing down here? Got a teletype for you from headquarters. Murdered man's name was Roger Bradley, New York City. Salesman for an airplane parts outfit. Identification positive? Yeah. Pictures, laundry mark, everything. Police up there traced the laundry mark. Bradley's wife identified the pictures. Was married, huh? Yeah. Three kids. Car you're looking for is a 49 blue sedan. Here's the make and license number. Highway Patrol hasn't spotted it anyplace. Nope, but here's a list of all the clothes Bradley was carrying on the trip. Pretty complete description. Can't understand why nobody's seen that car. That killer might have gotten out of the state. Had a good start. I hope that isn't it, Kurtz. Three kids have to grow up without their father because of a gun-crazy hitchhiker. Uh, I know what you mean. Let's hope he's still in Texas. If he is, we're going to find him. In just a moment, we continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Next time you bounce out of bed in the morning, well, you do bounce, don't you? Well, okay, let's say next time you get out of bed, head for the Wheaties. Sure enough, head for the Wheaties at 7 a.m. and see how they help at 11 a.m. Yes, they can make a difference at 11 and they can make a difference at the breakfast table. It's likely to be a pleasanter place with a bowl full of crisp little old Wheaties next to your spoon and napkin. The reason is, of course, the wholehearted whole wheat taste of Wheaties. You're getting all that sweet-as-a-nut whole wheat flavor in every Wheaties flake. 
Pour on the milk, put on the fruit, and dig right in to one of the finest openings any morning ever had. And then, see how much finer the morning itself goes when you've started with breakfast of champions. That full whole wheat really gives with vitality, you know. There's a whole kernel of wheat in every flake of Wheaties. Now, see if you don't notice the difference all morning long. Less of the mid-morning slump, more of the up-and-atom punch. Know what I mean? All right, then. You try it. Tomorrow, next day, for a good breakfast, for a good morning, start with Wheaties. See yourself how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. And now, back to Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson in Tales of the Texas... next five days, Ranger Kurtz and I worked our way west, but we couldn't get a lead. Then on the afternoon of October 10th, six days after the killing, we stopped and unloaded our horses at Eagle Flat in Hudspeth County. Blacksmith's place is open? Yeah. Horses can drink from his trough. Hey, look at that poke leaning against the fence there. <laughs> they sure do get dutied up for Saturday night in Eagle Flat. <laughs> yeah. Kurtz. Matter, Jace. That suit. No poke ordered that through a mail catalog. Hey, it looks like one of the suits described on the teletype. Yeah. Let's find out. Howdy. Well, howdy, Ranger. You live around here? Work the Longbow Ranch up near Tabernacle Mountain. Mighty nice suit you got there. Kind of fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't it a dinger? <laughs> From New York, the label says. New York, huh? Where'd you get that suit? Well, I bought off... Now, now wait a minute, Ranger. Wait. This ain't stolen, is it? Yeah. And the man it was stolen from is dead. Oh, man, I, I just bought off and a fella come by the bunkhouse. When? Oh, reckon it was about five days ago. He, he drove up with a bunch of stuff. Drove up? And what kind of car? Uh, new sedan. Blue. Nice. Notice the license plates on the car? Uh, no, no. What do you think, Kurtz? He's seen our man or he is our man. Were you on the ranch October 4th? Well, this is the first time I've been off in it in two weeks. I bought the suit, I'm telling you. Did you buy anything else? Yeah, this. Watch your hands. Well, I'm just going to show your wallet the fella threw in with a suit. All right, get it out. Uh, there you are. Paid him $10 for the suit and this. Hmm. Identification cards and everything stripped. You take anything out of here? Well, nothing to take. It's just like I got it, except for my five dollars in the money pocket. Killer took all identification out of these celluloid card holders. Might have left some prints. Ought to get it to the lab. Yeah. All right, you better come with us. Now, look, I didn't do nothing. Where are you taking me? To the sheriff. You can give us a description of the man who sold you the duds. If your story checks out clean... You got nothing to worry about. Oh, it's clean. All right. Let's go. We checked the Pope's story at the Longbow Ranch. He was telling the truth, all right. At least we had a description of the man we were after now. About 20 years old, dark, 5 foot 7, about 140 pounds. Kurtz and I unloaded our horses. Which way are we riding, Jace? Come on, boy. Head north, into the hills. 
Road Peter's out past his ranch, though. Nothing but a trail. We might have turned back to the highway. Uh-uh. Alarm was out by the time he passed here. If he went back to a main highway, the car would have been spotted. He's ditched it up here someplace. Well, let's ride. Get up there, Charco. Get up there, boy. Yeah. into the mesquite and cedar that flanked the road. It got thinner and more difficult. And just when I thought we might have come too far, we spotted the car. Reckon that's it? Let's see. Uh-huh. Smart. Rolled it into a gully and then covered it with dirt and grass. Nobody'd ever spot it unless they were looking for it. Let's get back and report it. Unit 10 to KTXP. Unit 10 to KTXP. KTXP to Unit 10. Go ahead, Unit 10. Unit 10 located blue sedan registered to Roger Bradley, New York City. All right, Unit 10. KTXP just got report of fingerprints on celluloid card holders of wallets sent in. One set definitely those of murder victim Roger Bradley. Another set identified as being those of Lenny Tripper. Please repeat, Lenny Tripper. Lenny Tripper. Any line on him? Wanted by Army for desertion three months ago. Description checks. Last known address, lived with father and mother in cabin near Apache Peak. Car was found north of Longbow Ranch. Apache Peak's about ten miles further in. We'll investigate. Unit 10, 10-4. It was sundown when we got started. The country we had to go through is tough enough by daylight. It was after midnight when we sighted Apache Peak. There was still a light on in a cabin nested down in the foothills. Whoa, boy. Easy. Keep kind of late hours up here, don't they? Too late. Better tie the horses to that mesquite. And slip up and look in. Yeah. Come on, boy. Chase. Something moving over there. See it? Looks like a couple of burrows. Let's take a look at them. You boys up past your bedtime, ain't you? Feel them. Both in a sweat, all caked up. Been packing, too. Yeah, the hair's matted down where they've been cinched. Funny time to be working burrs. Yeah. Come on. Let's see the house. Look through the window. Man eating. Not our boy, though. Too old. Must be Tripper's father. Look, there's the old lady, too. You go around the back way, and I'll go in through the front. Wait till you hear me knock and get in. Right. Open up. Who's there? Texas Ranger. What do you want? Lenny Tripper. He ain't here. Mind if I come in and make sure? Let him in. Come on. 
Wow, what... Just another ranger at the back, Mrs. Tripper. You want to let him in, too? Go ahead. Don't mind if I finish eating, do you? No, go right ahead. This your regular meal time? I eat when I want to. Nothing out back, Chase. Where's your boy, Mr. Tripper? You're the ranger. You find him. We ain't seen him in a year since he joined the army. You haven't seen him in the last three months, either. Since he deserted from the army. You heard what she said. Get me a smoke more. If you want to help your boy, you better help us. All right. I'll help you. He's in Mexico. Been there more than a month. Mexico, huh? Thanks. Mind if I uh, have one of those cigarettes, Mr. Tripper? Yeah, never mind. Reckon you can buy your own? Oh, I just got a hankering for one of those. Can't always get a cigarette like that. What do you mean, Ranger? A New York tax stamp on the pack, Tripper. Those cigarettes were stolen from a murdered man six days ago. Murdered man? Shut up! What were you doing with those burrows outside? They've been packing. Right. I was bringing some stuff down. Mm. Been prospecting up the peak. Abandoned silver mines up there, Jase. Is your son hiding out one of those mines, Tripper? Were you packing supplies to him? I told you what I was doing. That boy's wanted for murder, and if you're smart, you'll take us to him and tell him to surrender. Do what they say, Paul. Do what they say. Shut up. Leave her alone. I didn't know about the murder. He just said the army was after him. Come on, Kurtz. We better go up after him. Oh, don't hurt him. Go ahead, Ranger. Don't hurt him. Go after him. He'll kill you. That's what he'll do. He'll kill you. to go up on foot. It was too treacherous for the horses, and trailing over that rocky ground in the darkness slowed us to the crawling speed of an overfed snake. I got to be less earth and more rock, and the burrow tracks grew fainter as we tried to pick them up by moonlight and flashlight. It could have gone in any direction from here, Chase. Can't pick up a mark. Seems to level off a bit on that shelf ahead. Might be a narrow trail there. Hope so. Getting steeper. Too steep for burrows. Kurtz. What? A dwarf oak here. Flash your light. Yeah, that's it. Hold it. Anything? Yeah. Branch bent. It's been brushed. Look here, been nibbled a bit, too. Recent. Torn leaves are still fresh. Well, we're headed right, then. Must have gone straight ahead between those big rocks. Yeah. Yeah, this is it, all right. Look at the side of the rock. Flecks of mica peeled off. Little fiber stuff. Burrow pack ropes must have scraped it. Let's keep going. and cedars fought for whatever slight grip their roots could get on the earth between the rocks. Dawn found us on a high shelf facing a rise that led to the open mouth of an abandoned silver mine. Trey leads straight enough now. Yeah. He's there, Chase. Yeah, but 20 feet back in. He could pick us off and we'd never even get to see him. Stay down and keep the hole covered. What are you going to do? Just call him out. Tripper! Lanny Tripper! 
He ain't going to answer, Chase. You can't get out, Tripper. Stay down, Chase. Now he's got a rifle as well as that 38 he killed Bradley with. You're going to come out, Tripper? Why don't you come in, Ranger? If we'd only packed a stick of dynamite, he'd come out soon enough or be buried in there. Maybe the idea of dynamite would be enough. Go over down the shelf and let him see you just once on the way. Not long enough to draw a bead. Maybe we can bluff him. Why don't you go down and let me... It's my idea. I'll stay. Go ahead. Be careful, Chase. You missed him, Tripper! I won't miss the next one! You're not gonna get another shot! He went down to our burrows to get some dynamite! We're gonna seal you in there, Tripper! You better come out! How do I know you ain't gonna kill me on sight? I won't if you do what I tell you. Leave your rifle in there and come out with your hands clasped behind your head. Put your rifle up on a rock where I can see it and it's a deal. All right, Tripper. Now come out. shaft slowly, first a blur, then into the light with his hands behind his head. I got up and he walked toward me. He wasn't wearing a gun belt, but there was something in the way he moved that made me keep my hands close to my holsters. Then he made a quick sidestep and his hands came from behind his head and I caught the glint of a thirty-eight. Oh, I'm all right. Get a man. Gun hand and arm. Put a tourniquet on and we'll take him down. What's the matter with you, Jace? You look kind of funny. Just thinking of his folks down there. His mother and even the old man. Just trying to help him because he belongs to them in spite of everything he's done. Now, folks are like that. We gotta bring him in and break their hearts. Yeah. Makes you wonder why he ever wanted to wear a badge. Until you remember the man he killed and the three kids who'll have to grow up without him. That makes you know you couldn't ever want to do anything but wear a badge. There's a tourniquet. That'll hold him. All right, Tripper, on your feet. Let's go. ballistic check of the 38 that Lenny Tripper carried showed it to be the murder weapon used in the slaying of Roger Bradley. With that and other evidence accumulated by Ranger Pearson and the department, Tripper was convicted and sentenced to death in the electric chair. Well, Joel, you did a fine job of clearing up that case. Frank, I've got a little mystery at home. Maybe you can help me. Well, glad to try, Joel. Well, it's the case of the disappearing Wheaties. Every once in a while, when I'm all set for a breakfast bowl of Wheaties, my cook says, sorry, we're fresh out. Why, that's no mystery. Wheaties are so good, so crisp, so loaded with natural, sunny, whole wheat flavor, they just don't last long. Yes, I know, but what can I do? Well, you can get up early before anyone else gets at the Wheaties, or buy two or three boxes at a time. I think you hit it, Frank. Many thanks. Good night, and thank you, Joel McRae. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. 
McRae will soon be seen in the MGM production Stars in My Crown. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Bill Johnstone, Sam Edwards, Paul Duboff, Byron Kane, and Virginia Gray. And this is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin, inviting you to listen on Monday to Frank Lovejoy and Nightbeat on the Wheaties Big Parade. See you then. Tomorrow, listen for Dorothy Maynard. Now it's Basin Street on NBC.